everyone, and welcome to another episode of Reconnect, where we dive into the Bible and gain a deeper understanding about God. This is the official podcast of Shincheonji Church, New Heaven, New Earth Church in English. I am here joined by our two lovely MCs. Could you please introduce yourself? Ladies first. <laughs> okay. Ladies first. <laughs> yeah. Hi, guys. This is Cece here. As usual, glad to be here with all of you. Hello, Cece. <laughs> and this, I'm shy. <laughs> <laughs> and then this is Ray. I'm happy to be back as well. Yep. How have you guys been? Pretty good, actually. It's the weather is actually really nice right now. Yeah, it's hard for me to stay indoors. Yeah. So weather's good means that weather's hot yes. in Korea. <laughs> it's pretty hot because of all the humidity as well. Yeah. Just for our listeners who don't know what the weather is like in Korea, but it is a wonderful time to be here because the clear mm. skies, everything. So if you're planning on visiting around now, is the best time. Not a tourism podcast, so that was just a short bit about how we were throughout the last week. So we were talking about Apostle Paul. We did a bit of a profile as to uh, who he was before his conversion, how he was converted into a Christian, and his life of evangelism. After he met Jesus Christ, we will be talking more in depth about mm. Paul today in the second part of this episode. Right, so that's what we're going to do today. We talked about Paul's life, Paul's evangelism, and today we have brought something more about Paul the Apostle. More excited, guys! Mm-hmm. Of course, sure you guys have a lot to say. <laughs> this is the dessert portion of the meal we started last episode. I feel like, and I like dessert so. <laughs> All right, let's see if it's going to be desserts. Without further ado, let's get right into it then. Let's do it. All right, so before we get into today's episode, where we're going to talk more about Paul, let's just do a short recap of last episode. So, Ray, can you take us there? Sure. Yeah, the background of Paul is really interesting because, unlike the other apostles and disciples, he was a Jew, but he was also a Roman citizen, mm-hmm. and he was highly educated. Educated by a member of the Sanhedrin, Paul was someone who fervently believed in the work that he was doing as a persecutor of Christians, to the point where he was revered among Pharisees and feared among Christians at the time. He's someone who not only witnessed but gave approval to Stephen stoning, and not long after that, he was on his way to Damascus when Jesus appeared to him. The result was him being blind for. Three days after that time, where his sight returned to him, his life completely changed. He did a complete 180 and became someone who was known today as the best example of an Mm. evangelist. Someone who didn't just evangelize within Jerusalem, but went outside of Jerusalem to the nation. So his sandals saw a lot of wear and tear over time. (laughs) Yeah, did for evangelism. Yeah, right. And I'm not sure if you use the metric system. Uh, but <laughs> it said that in his mission yeah. journeys, he traveled around eleven thousand kilometers, uh, mm. even more. Yeah, uh, but yeah, even even at, I that's a lot. That's a lot of ground there, to cover. I understand. Yeah. yeah, but we also talked a little bit about mm. uh, what kind of heart he had mm. in his missions journeys, in his evangelism. I, I think CC, you can give us. Uh, a little bit of a recap here. What kind of heart did Paul have in his evangelism that led him to become so mm. fervent in the missions work that mm. he did? When we we take a look at Paul 
characteristic even before he became a Christian. What we can see is this uh, zeal, this mm. favor that he he has for uh, doing the work of God. At that time, before he became a Christian, he truly believed that persecuting the uh, Christian was the work mm. of God. He was doing a favor to God, and that is why he poured his heart into it. But mm. Afterwards, when he met Jesus on that road on Damascus, and he has this shift inside of him, that same fervor, zeal, was also found in his work of evangelism. Because now he was doing really what Jesus wanted him to do. So Paul, during this whole time of evangelizing, this zeal is something that we can find in the heart of his work. But not only that, when we really think about Paul, when he gave approval to the death of Stephen, and also how he himself went and killed some of the Christians, mm-hmm. I guess we can also see the responsibility of his acts, mm-hmm. waiting on him, weighing and down also him, like right? giving him, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, wait okay. down on him, and also giving him more zeal actually to accomplish the work of mm-hmm. God, because. I guess if we put ourselves in issues, uh, because of him, there were so many Christians that couldn't do the work of God. So um, I guess if I was him, what I would feel could be, okay, because of me, those people couldn't accomplish the work of God. So while I'm doing this work of evangelizing, I should also add to the work uh, that I'm doing. I'm adding the work of the people that I I took away the opportunity mm. to do God's work. Yeah. So I guess his heart is at that place when he's doing the work of God. Yeah. Well, thank you for that recap. And, you know, despite English being your second language, I understood what you meant. All the expressions, <laughs> I, I really did understand. So, yeah. that's yeah. Sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> no need to apologize. <laughs> and this is basically a recap of our last episode on Paul. But today... We want to go a bit deeper in not his work of evangelism, in his missions work, Mm. but into the letters that he wrote. Now, with these letters, we know as a part of the New Testament. 27 books Mm. in the New Testament, and how many books did he write? 12 to 13. Why do you say 12 to 13, Cece? (laughs) (laughs) Because, you know, uh, the book of Hebrew (laughs) is that little, like, black sheep that... Mm. We, we don't really know who wrote it down. So it's kind of hard to say 13, but it's also like kind of hard to say, oh, Paul only wrote 12. So yeah. it's 12 to 13. It sounds a lot like Paul, but... It does, yeah. it does. You know, when I was preparing for this episode, and I'm sure you guys did the same thing, but reading these letters, I also jumped to Hebrews, and I just get a feeling mm. that it's very similar to what, if Paul mm. wrote it, I would believe it. But nevertheless, there's no real way of checking it. But yeah. 12 to 13 books, it's it's easy to say that he wrote almost half of the New Testament. That's um, right. Very true. And this is at a time where there was no Microsoft Word, there's no keyboard <laughs> review, no word processor, no typewriter. So that's quite a yeah, few. Yeah, it is. What we have to remember is that the people who he wrote to weren't Gentiles, right? They were Christians who were already evangelized, Mm. uh, believing in the name of Jesus Christ and pursuing uh, heaven and God. Mm. But then why? Why did he have to write all these books to people who already believe in the name of Jesus Christ? This is what we want to get into today. What 
is it that、this、he wrote? Yeah, what is it that he wrote?、Mm. So let's get into that. And I'm sure you guys both have a lot to share, but what is it?、Uh, what is it that he wrote? Let's talk about the content. Mm. Mm, that's good. Let me start here. When we take a look to the writings of Paul to the different letters, what we notice is that Paul refer back、uh, to the Old Testament quite、mm-hmm. a lot. When he refer back to the Old Testament, most of the time he refer back to history, what already happened in the past. Many people might wonder, okay, yeah, he's just referring to history and that's it. But what we need to understand about history is that history is always there for a reason. For example, when we go to school, what is the reason why we have history class? We have history class so that we can know. <laughs> no, of course not. I love history. I love history. <laughs> history is there so that we can know what happened in the past.、Mm-hmm. For example,、right. in our country, we can have、mm-hmm. knowledge. History. Is given to us so that we can have knowledge of the past. But、uh, when it comes to the Bible, especially when Paul is referring to history, is not only to give us knowledge about the past. What he wants us to understand, what he wants to do when he's bringing back history, especially in the New Testament, is to warn us. He's doing prevention.、Mm. Because when we take a look, especially when we take a look to First Corinthians ten, is written. Clearly, down that we should take the history of the Israelite as a warning for us.、Mm-hmm. The title is is like warning against Israelite history. Oh,、yeah. that's very、yeah. simple and clear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he wants to warn us, but we can ask ourselves why does he want to warn us? When we take a look to the history of the Israelites, we can see many highs and many lows. But especially laws, many, many and laws. when, yeah, and when <laughs> I, I say laws, I'm talking about the time where those people were not in line with what God wanted them to do. So when we take a look back to the history, what we can see is what God wants us to do,、mm. what God doesn't want us、right. to do, and when we do things that God wants us to do, what is the reward?、Mm-hmm. And when we do、mm. things that God doesn't want us to do. What is the consequences? So, history is really there to give us insight, but also, like as I said, to prevent us to do things that God doesn't want. Because if we call ourselves Christian and we call ourselves children of God, then we should be、uh, those that can please God in every way. So, by knowing what the Israelite failed to do in order to please God, we can do the right thing in order to. Please God in the best way.、Yes. So, Cici, can you tell us what verse in First Corinthians chapter ten tells us that history and all these things that happened to the Israelites were warnings for us? Actually, if you go to First Corinthians ten verse eleven, you can see what is written down there. But、uh, especially if you go to verse twelve, it is really interesting what is being said because Paul said. So if you are standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. So basically,、mm-hmm. history is there so that we don't、uh, fall as well. Okay. Well,、uh, can you read us also verse eleven so、oh, we、okay. know what it exactly says? Okay. So guys, let's all go to First Corinthians ten eleven to twelve. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay. 
So I will read verse 11. These things happened to them as examples and were written down as warning for us on whom the fulfillment of the ages has come. Verse 12. So if you think you are standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. Mm. Amen. Okay. Amen. Amen. All right. So to summarize, it's basically the history has been given to us as examples and warnings. And I think verse 12 is really interesting, like you said. So we should yeah. take it so that we reflect on it and don't always consider ourselves to be standing firm, but always look to the history, right? And you know, exactly. my history teacher, whom I didn't really like because there was too much homework all the time. <laughs> One of the reasons why I didn't like history. Uh, he said something that was really interesting mm -hmm. and that's history repeats itself. Yeah. Yeah, history repeats itself. And this is such a cliche, such a well-known statement, but it's true. Cliches survive the times because there is a certain amount of truth to it. And if you look at what Paul is saying here, it's essentially saying that we need to know history so that we don't repeat it. Exactly. Mm. And also, I remember TJ saying something about like how the past has an influence on the future. I don't really remember oh, the exact oh, right, sentence. Right. Yeah, yeah, that was another quote. Uh, was, <laughs> giving a lot of quotes today. So without history, yeah. there is no future. And it's ah, a much more it. poetic way of saying uh, history repeats itself. Exactly. Mm -hmm. But I like the, the vibe of this quote. Because it's really true. Yeah, yeah. We talked about history. Paul's letters contain history for us as warnings and examples to guide us, to tell us what not to do by mm. showing what happened in the past and the consequences and the rewards mm. as a result. That's right. Yes. Okay. So what else? What else can be found in the letters of Paul? Well, besides history, one of the, the biggest things that I think I, I'm guilty of ignoring as a young Christian was that Paul gave a lot of instructions to Christians at uh, that yes. time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If we look at a lot of these letters, they're directed towards different churches and young Christians that were there who were many of which who were very new in their faith and needed guidance. Paul wasn't someone that just let someone be converted, let someone believe, okay, I, I believe in Jesus, I believe in God, great, awesome, you're on your own. And then he moves on to mm -hmm. evangelize somewhere else. No. Paul is someone who had a, a longing, a longing heart to make sure that they were built up. And in Second Corinthians chapter 13, he says that He's received authority to build up the Christians, specifically in the Church of Corinth, but broadly for all the different churches that he reached out to. So some of the topics that he goes into might not seem very different than things that Christians, you know, all of us go through even today. Uh, among them, we have, Paul talks about how to worship how deacons and, and people in roles within the church should conduct themselves. Uh, he talks about marriage. He talks about money and uh, even lawsuits among believers. Mm -hmm. These are just some of the things that he gives instructions to. For example, if we look at 1 Timothy chapter 4, and I'll read verses 12 and 13. It says, Don't let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example for the believers in speech, in life, in love, in faith, and in purity. So I come devote yourself to the public reading of scripture, to preaching and to teaching. And I actually want to point out verse 16 as well, because it says, watch your life and doctrine closely. Persevere in them because if you do, you will save both yourself and your hearers. And, and I know this example of instruction is something that's directed towards Timothy, 
But in actuality, the instructions that Paul gives to believers and, and here that he gives to Timothy, really they're instructions that are given to all believers as well. When he points out watching your doctrine closely, Paul even gives examples of false teachers as well that existed that at that time. When it comes to knowing the word, it's something that we need to have in mind as well as believers today, roughly, what, 2,000 years in the future. So a, yeah. a lot of the instructions that Paul gave are very relevant to us even today. Yeah, and, and I want to go back a little bit and talk about what you said, Ray, how Paul is building us up as Christians through the letters, building Christians up, and just looking at the way Christians do evangelism nowadays. I mean, I certainly remember back in my school years, uh, <laughs> I was a Christian already, and at our church, we, we did this um, evangelism contest, I guess, for an entire month. So we do this in Korea. Uh, <laughs> okay, okay, and, okay. And we do an evangelism contest, which is basically we compete uh, in how many friends or people you can bring to Sunday service. Okay. And the person who does it the most wins and gets a big prize. I forgot what the prize was. Maybe a Nintendo. I'm not sure. <laughs> uh, but it was, a, it was quite a big prize. But the thing is, the standard of evangelism in this example is just simply bringing people to church. Mm. Mm. But what's more important is after they come to church, because as we said, Paul, he's writing these letters to people who are already Christian. That's and right. he's trying to build them up as Christians even more so. When we look at the kind of evangelism that we do today, I think the fact that we should build each other up, build Christians up, even after they accept Jesus Christ, mm. gets overlooked a lot. Mm. Yes. It does, it does. Regarding instruction, Paul said quite a few times in his letters that he was a teacher. Mm. And especially if we go to 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 7, he's calling himself a teacher of the true faith, mm. right? So when we take a look to that and we also like uh, think deeper regarding like the, the different instruction that is giving to us, just like TJ and Ray said, those instructions are there to help build our faith and build us up. But what is mm -hmm. the purpose of building us up at the end of the day? We are what being built, huh? <laughs> oh, uh, <laughs> I thought you were asking me the questions I was asking you back. Oh, so okay. what is it? <laughs> we're on the edge of our seats. <laughs> the reason of trying to build us up is because we are trying to get close to the image of Christ and the image of God, right? That's right. Amen. And when we take a look to the different instructions that Paul gave us in his letters, there are quite a few that comes back again and again which are trying to be holy, trying to be faithful, and try mm. to imitate the way of life that Christ has when he was on the earth. So taking a look at all those characteristics that I just gave you, those are characteristics that are very proper to God. God is mm. faithful. He has always mm. been faithful throughout mm. the history of the Bible, and God also he's holy and that is why he's also like calling us to holiness mm. you just reminded me of what paul wrote in first thessalonians chapter 3 mm. he says god's will is for us to be sanctified mm. and Amen. sanctifying 
It is a process of cleansing. Exactly. Cleansing of sin mm. and becoming holy. Mm. If you look at Colossians chapter 3, Paul tells us to be renewed in the image of the Creator. Mm. Yeah. So the fact that he gives us instructions, I, I think that the purpose of that is for us to become more like God, becoming holy, mm. so that we can be with him. Exactly. And if you don't know what we're talking about when we're referring to holy, please go back to one of the episodes <laughs> please do. where we go really deep into the meaning of holy and what that means for us as Christians. So a little promo there. <laughs> yes. I like it. He <laughs> yeah, stuck, stuck that in there. I like it. Thank you, thank you. We got to promote our own episodes because, you know, I'm not just for the fun of it, not just to get people to listen to our podcast, but all these topics build on each other. Yes. So if you don't really know what the meaning of holy is and how that's important to us as Christians mm. in our faith, then, you know, you got to understand that first so that you understand the importance when Paul says, sanctify yourselves, mm. complete yourselves, renew yourselves, which is basically meaning be holy. Yeah. Amen. Mm. So at the end of the day, by having those instructions and by trying to put into action those instructions, we are starting our journey in becoming closer to the image of God, in becoming holy. But of course, we all know that this is not an easy thing to do, no. but we do have... No, it's not. Yeah, but we do have a model. We have Christ as a model, but we mm -hmm. also have Paul as a model mm -hmm. because we know how he lived his life. In Philippians 4 verse 9, he's telling us that whatever we have learned from him, whatever we have hear from him, those are the things that we should remind and we should act upon as well because he has the confidence, because he knows that the creator is there to help him to mm -hmm. achieve that holiness. He knows that this is something that is possible for us to achieve as well. So when we take a look to instruction, of course, this is not easy, but I really hope all of us can have in mind that this is something we can do because God knows we can do. That is why he's asking us to do it. That's so right. having that yes. confidence mm -hmm. will really help us when we, we read mm -hmm. those words of instruction. Mm -hmm. Amen. Just, just one small correction. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you said God is asking us to be holy, right? But he's telling, oh. us, he's, he's telling us, sorry. Yes, he's he's commanding us. Yeah. And true. I'm not trying to make God look authoritative or anything mm. like that, but I'm making the distinction here because mm. this is something we have to do. That's right. Exactly. Um, God commands us to be holy for he is holy. Yeah. Amen. And if we do not become holy, then we cannot be with him. Mm. And that's why he's not asking. He's commanding. And then to that. To point out that little mm. difference there. Thank <laughs> you, TJ. <laughs> no problem at all, CC. <laughs> I, I, um, I, I, yeah, we got you back. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah, what were you saying? Right no, I, I was just thinking like it, it's honestly for even for my own life as an example of being a Christian, I think oftentimes we don't realize that being a believer, having the faith in God and following it, it it's not about just saying a few words or going to church once or twice a week or something like that that is ongoing process of just like you guys were mentioning pursuing holiness pursuing that mm -hmm. sanctification and mm -hmm. it is in every aspect of ourselves mm -hmm. where we have to find things that need to be changed that need to be refined or be removed and paul was mm -hmm. an excellent example of that i mean if you look at philippians chapter three 
where he talks about, I believe it's verses seven and eight, but he talks about how everything that he's gained in, in the past, all of his titles, everything that he's learned, the status that he had as a persecutor of the church and all the things that earth could have given him were nothing compared to what he has received as someone who is a follower of Christ. And mm-hmm. that is such a powerful thing. And it's hard to think that we can have that kind of mindset as well. Mm. But going through these instructions in a way that he communicates it, yeah, it definitely touches something that for all of us. Yeah. When I read Philippians chapter 3, mm. I feel like it's a personal sharing of uh, Paul, how he considers that everything that he's had in his past to be nothing at all mm. compared to Christ and the knowledge that he's received, the truth that he's received. And it, like you said, Ray, it's a very powerful thing. It's a very powerful thing because it's telling us that every value that the world deems as valuable, as a Christian, we should not. And the only way to do this is by prioritizing and realizing that the values given by God and Jesus is uncomparably higher. That's right. I think the reason Paul is able to say this is because he has the mind of Christ. He says many times in his letters, be like me, Mm. follow after me, mimic me. (laughs) And to many people who don't know Paul and the Bible, this may sound quite pompous or arrogant to say that like Christians, you should model after me. The ego on Paul. (laughs) (laughs) And I've heard a friend who's actually said that. He doesn't like reading Paul's letters because he sounds so self-fulfilled, but that's really because he doesn't know where Paul is coming from. Paul specifically says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 that he has the mind of Christ, Mm -hmm. which is essentially the heart of Christ. And if he does have the heart of Christ, then who else, who better to model our life of faith on than someone who really does possess the heart of Christ, right? Mm. Amen. Amen. All right, so we talked about Paul's letters having history and also a huge amount of instructions. But what else can we find in Paul's letters? Actually, we can uh, link it up with the content of his story. And when I'm talking about history, I'm talking about the Old Testament. When we take a look, especially to the first books of the Old Testament, Genesis, Exodus, um, mm-hmm. we can see God speaking speaking to Abraham, speaking to Noah, speaking to Isaac. And most of the time when God is talking with those people, he's telling them things about things that will happen in the future. For example... Mm, um, prophecies, right? Yeah, prophecies. I didn't want to, to call that. At oh, ex- sorry, yeah. Sorry. Oh, TJ. Oh, so you were planning something. TJ found the word that you were trying to avoid it. So, we go back. So God is telling things about the future. Yes. Okay. okay. Redo. About- Pretend that I didn't say prophecy. Yes, please. <laughs> so he's telling them things about the future. And especially when we take a look to the different contents that God told Abraham, most of the time, what God said to Abraham came mm-hmm. to reality. Mm. Came true. Came true. It came true. Yes. Mm. It happened. Put it simply. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It happened. So are you referring to maybe like um, God promising Abraham Isaac and Isaac was born? Exactly. This is one mm. example. That was pretty mm-hmm. spot on, yeah. Mm. But yeah. like thank you. This example like was um God said it in the Old Testament and it happened in the Old Testament. 
but there are right. also like things that God said in the Old Testament that were explained later on in the New Testament and especially through Paul's letters. Mm-hmm. And let okay. me get you an example there. When we okay. go to uh, Genesis, can we go to Genesis 12 verse 3? Okay. Okay. Let's go there. Genesis chapter 12 verse 3. Yes. In Genesis chapter 12 verse 3, we can see God speaking to Abraham, calling him. And in verse 3, God said, "I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse, mm-hmm. and all people on earth will be blessed through you." I want mm-hmm. us to focus on all people on earth will be blessed through you. Mm. Yeah, what does that mean? <laughs> all people will be blessed through Abraham? What does that mean? Because yeah, if we if we take that <laughs> as it is, it's like where's my blessing? it's mine Ray are you telling us that you don't feel blessed (laughs) (laughs) don't twist my words around (laughs) I'm sorry I'm sorry so Cece actually like um, when we think a little bit like deeper what is the the greatest blessing that we we could have as a person I feel like this is a trick question. I feel like I should be answering based on the Bible. Yeah. Uh, I'm uh, going to say the greatest blessing whew. is Jesus Christ. Yeah, but I guess many people don't really think about it. The greatest blessing, especially if you call yourself Christian, is to, to know God, right? Right. The, oh, the greatest oh, man, blessing is, okay. is God in Ray, himself. I'm sure you were thinking that answer. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. Although I did not verbalize it, yeah. It's <laughs> <Okay>. God <laughs> and knowing him, right? Being yeah. able amen, to amen. say that we actually like know God and to hmm. believe in him is actually the greatest blessing that we can have. It, it really is. That's yes. right. Yeah. So when we go to Galatians chapter 3, we can see Paul explaining this to us, how this came to fulfillment. Mm, how the verse in Genesis chapter 12, verse 3, all people will be blessed through mm-hmm. Abraham came true. Let's see. Exactly. Galatians chapter 3. Yes. Let's go to Galatians chapter 3, verse 8 to 9. Are we ready? Do you know? Do you guys know the joke? What is the joke? Why was... Um, oh boy, I'm afraid already. Why was uh, six afraid of seven? Because seven, eight, nine. Um... Okay. Um, okay, let's go yeah, back to the verse. Let's go back to the verse. Okay. Galatians chapter 3, verse 9. <laughs> We're keeping that in there. <laughs> okay. So in that verse, um, it is said, The scriptures foresaw that God would justify the gentle by faith and announce the gospel in advance to Abraham. All nations will be blessed through you. So at the end of the day here, like what we we need to understand, especially if we do know the history of the chosen people, the Israelites are people that come from the lineage of Abraham, right? And because of that lineage that they already have a connection with God, they were called the chosen people of God because of that. Mm -hmm. But when Christ came, by believing in Christ, other people that were not Israelites were given the chance to know God. So this is what is called faith. By believing in Christ, we came to know God. And 
this is how that sentence of all nations will be blessed through you is happening because Jesus Christ was also the lineage of Abraham, right? And by believing in him, we are also part of the chosen people of God and believing in him as well. Mm, okay. Does so, it make sense? Yeah. yeah so, so what you're saying is if I, if I summarize um, mm, that please. verse in Genesis chapter 12, verse 3, all nations yes. will be blessed through Abraham came mm -hmm. true mm. through Jesus because now through Jesus, people are able to believe in God, which is exactly. the greatest blessing because God is the source of blessing. Amen to that. Wow. And that, that is, is why, like, yeah. yeah. And that is why today, TJ, me and Ray, we are part of God's nation. Mm. And we have received that blessing so, according amen. to Genesis chapter 12, verse 3. Amen. Amen. It's amen. <laughs> okay, so you're saying, in essence, using this example that Paul mm. talks about fulfillment of Old Testament scripture. Yes. Right. So this was one example. And he does this over and over again in his letters to educate Christians. And I say this because these people who receive Paul's letters, they're already Christian. But mm. he tells right. them how the Old Testament scriptures were fulfilled to build that faith, like Ray said, right? Exactly. Mm. Continue to build that faith, to root it down, right? Mm. The deeper the root, the stronger the tree. And knowledge Amen. is the foundation of faith. Mm. You'll see this when you go to the book of Romans. So take your time, read through it, and you'll see that faith comes from first listening, hearing mm. the word of God. And that also includes fulfillment of what God mm. promised. Exactly. And if I can add just a little bit to the fulfillment part, what we need to have in mind is that fulfillment is also there to really strengthen the belief that we have in God. By seeing him saying something and making it happen, we can know for sure that every time God speaks, this will come to realization mm. and this make our faith growing even deeper. Mm. And uh, the trust that we have in God is also like deepened. It's like tra checking his track record. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> promise, uh, kept it, promise, kept it, promise, kept it. Okay. I feel like I have mm. to do another promo for another episode that we did, which was <laughs> I, What is Truth? Where we talk about God's faithfulness through his promises yes. and fulfillment. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Please go listen to that if you want to check out more about why God is truth and what we're talking about here, about the fulfillment of God building up our faith. Mm. Um, before we move on, I want to talk about one more example of mm. a fulfillment. Yeah. Ray, do you have something to add on here? Actually, yeah. Um, there, there is a, a really good example that Paul gives in Galatians chapter 4. And in this chapter, he talks about Hagar and Sarah. And for most of us, of course, we know that Sarah was Abraham's wife. And that God actually came to Abraham and Sarah and gave them the promise that they would conceive a child despite their old age. And that child would be Isaac. But what some of you might not know is that Sarah actually had a slave. And this slave's name was Hagar. And so God came to them, gave the promise that, okay, yes, you're going to, despite your age, you're going to have this child. But there was still a lot of doubt there. Mm -hmm. So Sarah was like, okay, you know what? There's no possible way for me to have a child. So she gave Hagar over to Abraham so that they can try to conceive a child instead and mm. they do that child's name is ishmael mm -hmm. however that was not what god had intended that was not the promise that he gave he gave a promise that sarah would be the one that can that would conceive a child mm -hmm. 
that child, of course, we know to be Isaac. Now, why would Paul talk about this in Galatians chapter 4? Well, if we look at verse 24, and I'll paraphrase a little bit, he says that these two women are mentioned figuratively. And what they represent are two different covenants. Hagar represents the first covenant or the old covenant. And Sarah represents the second covenant, the new covenant. Now, I I think that for some of our listeners, they might have a lot of questions at this point. So this is definitely something that we can mention in a future episode. Or if you have questions about it as well, you, you can always contact us and email us anytime. And we are happy to get back with you in regard to that. But Paul here is bringing out something that for a lot of people, they had no idea about. They just thought it was a story, right? Exactly. But it was a lot deeper than just that. Mm. It was actually a prophecy. And you're saying that Paul is telling us that this is a fulfillment of that prophecy, right? God used those two women as prophecy for two covenants. Mm. And that's how many years Mm. ago? Abraham was around 4,000 years ago, approximately from now. Yeah. Yeah. So a prophecy that was made through these two people figuratively coming true 2,000 years ago through Jesus. Mm. Two covenants. Wow. I'm into that. All right. So we talked a lot about, well, we talked a lot already. <laughs> uh, we, we have. Yeah. <laughs> but we can't leave out this last one, which is mm. prophecy. So Paul talks a lot about prophecy in his letters. Now think about what this means and implies. Mm. A prophecy is talking about something that will happen in the future which essentially Mm. is the same thing as a promise. The fact that Paul is telling us that there are promises means that there is something for us to look forward to, something for us to keep. Mm. So what are these prophecies that Paul mentions? Okay, um, just like TJ mentioned, when we think about prophecies, most of the time we think about things that need to happen in the future. And we know that Jesus, when he came, he also prophesied a lot. And we can see all those pro- prophecies in the book of Matthew, Mark, Luke, how he gave us prophecies regarding events to come and especially events concerning his second mm. coming. So what is really interesting is also to the fact that we can find some of those prophecies related to the second coming of the Lord as well in the letters mm. of Paul. and. More than that, there are also things that Christians are looking to, for example, Mm. resurrection, Mm -hmm. that Paul is also covering. Paul is Mm -hmm. prophesizing and telling us how this resurrection Mm. will look. So if we go to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, Paul is explaining to us what resurrection Mm. will look like. What resurrection will look like? Have you guys... Yeah, <laughs> it sounds complicated, right? Yeah, I, I have a different images of what resurrection might look like in my mind. <laughs> mm. I mean, whenever I read 1 Corinthians chapter 15, it, it's mm. difficult to imagine what it will really look yeah. like. But I think Paul tries mm. to tell us as much mm-hmm. as he yeah. can. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Mm. So, when, for example, when we go to verse 51 until verse 54, we can see him like explaining how the perishable will wear the imperishable mm. and the model will wear immortality and mm-hmm. all this. 
And when we first look at that, it, it seems very like uh, we cannot imagine mm. what it will be. But he's telling us that this will happen at the last trumpet. And the reason why I'm mentioning that is to show you how this explanation is actually mm -hmm. a prophecy. When we go back to um, Matthew 24, when Jesus is explaining how he will come back, mm -hmm. he's talking as well, he's mentioning as well a loud trumpet mm -hmm. call that will announce his mm -hmm. coming. When we think about that, we can link up those two events and see it as something that will happen when Jesus will come back a second time. So Paul is giving here and there in his letters as well prophecies for us to look forward mm. to. Yeah, well, another example I want to give regarding prophecies that Paul wrote is in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, where he prophesies that Jesus will come like a thief in the night. Wow. So mm. this is another example yes. of a prophecy. And, you know, yeah. we've heard this verse before, so we have to be awake. We have to become children of the light. Yeah. But essentially, he's telling us that when Jesus comes, it will be at night. And for some reason, Jesus will come like a thief. And we have to pay close attention to all these prophecies because there's a reason Paul gives us these prophecies. Mm. And the reason Jesus tells us in John chapter 14, verse 29, where he, Jesus tells us that he's telling us these things in advance so that we will know, so we will be able to keep them. We will be able to recognize them. Yeah, but more importantly, we will be able to believe amen. when those things will happen. Right, amen. So, so we can see them, recognize it, and believe when they do mm. happen. Amen. So let's wrap it up. Let's wrap up all that we've talked about today regarding Paul's letters. We talked about how the letters contain history. That's right. The letters contain mm. instructions, fulfillment, mm. and prophecy of our Lord's second coming. The history was given to serve as warnings and examples for us conducting our faith in modern day. Mm. Number two, instruction for us to complete, renew, and cleanse ourselves to become holy in God. Fulfillment to further or deepen our root in faith. Yeah. Because what's amazing about fulfillment is that it deepens our trust in God. Whatever he promises, we can see that he keeps. That's what fulfillment's all mm. about. And finally, Amen. it's not the end. God has prophesied that there are things still to be completed, and that is the second coming of our Lord. And Amen. I love how we talked about prophecy last because a lot of Christians, I feel, don't think about our Lord's second coming. Just the other week, mm. uh, my sister, she, she attends a different church and she told me that the sermon was about dying well. How to die well and how to be remembered as a good Christian. Uh -huh. And the thing about this is the premise is that we don't even expect Jesus to come back in our lifetime. That's why the sermon is about preparing to die well. Hmm. So it kind of spoke to me in a way that uh, alarmed me and made me question whether or not Christians on a daily basis are waiting for Jesus' return because that's when salvation happens, right? That's right. We should all be waiting. Amen. Very true. Mm -hmm. right. Anyway, so back to history, instruction, fulfillment, and prophecy. What's amazing about this is that these four contents are not just limited to Paul's writings, but it's mm -hmm. consistent throughout the entire 66 books of the Bible. 
right? Each book contains history, and some of them contain instruction, prophecy, fulfillment. But the Bible is coherent and cohesive in this sense that the categories are these four categories.、Mm. And the reason is because the author of the 66 books are all God. The writers may have been different, but Paul tells us again in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, what Paul tells us is that every scripture is God breathed. That's right. So, what we need to remind ourselves when we read Paul's letters is that these letters are not Paul's words, these are actually God's words spoken through Paul. We should take them as God's words. And that's why he says, you know, he was happy when the people in Thessalonica received his words not as his own, but as God's.、Mm. So that's the attitude that we should have when we are reading Paul's letters. Also, you know, it also helps us understand why would Paul go to the trouble of trying to give us all those words? Because at the end of the、mm. day, what he really wants is to make us ready. Yeah. Make us ready to be able to accept Jesus and God when they will come back as well, just like you mentioned,、mm-hmm. TJ. And when we think about that, we can really see his heart. Because if he、mm-hmm. didn't care deeply for the people、mm-hmm. to whom he is addressing those letters, at that time, at the time he was writing to the letters, it was addressed to the people in Thessalonica, in Colos, in,、mm-hmm. um, in Ephesus, but not only to those people. His letters are also addressed to us as Christians right now. And that、That's、is、right. why we go back again and again to his writing in order to find in it strength and also to find in it wisdom. Because this wisdom、mm-hmm. still applies to our time right now. So、mm-hmm. we can really see his heart of really taking care of us, just like a shepherd,、yeah. but also just like a parent. Yeah. Parent wants、uh, the yeah. best for their、mm-hmm. child, they want、mm-hmm. the child、mm-hmm. to be on top. And、mm. it is with that kind of heart that is leading us, is guiding us, and is preparing us, is nurturing us so that we can achieve that at the end of the day. Amen. It's, it's humbling because Paul says in Galatians chapter 4 that he's going through the pain of、mm-hmm. childbirth.、Mm-hmm. And Paul's a man.、Yeah. So this should not be taken literally, <laughs> obviously.、Uh, but he says he's going through the pain of childbirth. To form Christ within us. That doesn't simply happen when you evangelize someone, you tell them to receive Christ in their lives, and that's it. You continually build them up through the word. And this is what Paul did in his letters. And it's truly the heart of a parent. And he directly refers to himself as a spiritual mother by saying that he went through the pain of childbirth. It's, if you only have a surface level understanding of, of Paul, it's easy to miss. Actually, how deep his heart was, how much he had a longing to share the word with these churches, with these young Christians, and how important it is for us to take these instructions, these, these lessons, this prophecy, this fulfillment as well, and to have an understanding、mm. of it. And、um, just really quickly, something Paul wrote that really connects well to that heart of a parent. If you look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, he refers to himself as a gentle mother caring for her children. And that,、mm, amen. And these, <laughs> yeah, yeah, actually, yes.、Mm. And、uh, he, referring to himself and the other apostles that, that have visited them in the past, he said that we loved you so much that we were delighted not only to share the gospel, but our lives as well, because you had become、mm. so dear to us. Amen. 
Really? It really sounds like a parent, mm. like a mother talking. Uh, yeah. This is a man. This is this is a grown man. <laughs> this is someone that has, has so much zeal and passion. And this is him opening up his heart and just revealing like, this is how much I care for you. Uh, I, I have to mention this as well, but uh, <laughs> 2 Corinthians chapter 13, uh, verse 15, he says that, so I will gladly spend for you everything I have and expend myself as well. If I love you more, will you love me less? Mm. It's, mm. it's it's so deep. Mm. Oh. Mm. And you know, after hearing all this, what reminds me really of God in everything that he has done and his letters as well, is thinking back about the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, people didn't write letters, but God actually has a mean to go and to care for his people. Mm. And that mean was the prophet. Each time Mm. the people were going astray, each time people needed reminders, God made sure to have a prophet going and telling them, Mm. please come back. Please Mm -hmm. be careful. Always going and speaking the heart of God. Those prophets Mm. were the leaders at that time if I can Mm, put it that way, so that the people could understand the heart of a parent that God has and come back to him and also be prepared as well, just like us right now. Mm. So in that way, I can really see Paul having the same characteristic as a parent, just like God. Yeah, so when you look at Paul, you see Christ and you also see God. And then you see the love, the immense love that he has for us. Honestly, all this love that Paul expresses to the people of these churches, I couldn't really resonate with them in the past. Mm. And it was only when I started to evangelize myself, evangelize other people, teach other people the Bible, and try to also build Christ up in my fellow believers Mm. through the Bible, where I started to really feel what Paul meant. Mm. Because it's not just about telling people to believe in Jesus. It's about showing them the way, each step of the way, through God's words. But it's much like how a parent teaches a baby, a child, and you have to be the role model. You have to teach them, show them, and this is exactly how we should evangelize. We shouldn't receive Paul's letters and his words, something as far-fetched as like, oh, it's very admirable. No, it's something we have to pursue as well evangelizing people and having the same love for them as well amen amen okay all right well (laughs) it seems like uh the atmosphere got a little bit heavier after all that (laughs) i won't say heavy but like we were reflecting and i guess reflecting is good oh i think so yeah so thank you everybody for listening to this episode please Go back to the Bible, all the verses that we quoted to see and verify and and to really build that faith on your own, as we said, also to reflect um, to all the things that we've said. Uh, We have a little bit of an announcement today. Um, So we've been doing this podcast for a little over half a year. And uh, we want to thank you all for listening. But sadly, we're going to end season one here. You can be happy that we're going to be returning to season two, but I'm saying we're sad because, well, Cece, um, she is going 
she was yeah, she's not joining us in season two basically yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she has other priorities other duties to take care of um but yes it's been a real pleasure season it has been. so uh, if do you have any words for our listeners yeah what i really want to say to you guys is really thank you thank you for being uh with us throughout season one and for really trying to find your way back to God with us by listening our uh, podcast, by loving our podcast, by sending us questions and topics that we can also like covers. I want to tell you, even if we'll be welcoming a new MC at the end of the day, the thing that you should focus on is not the person delivering the word, but more than ever the word that is being delivered to you and i really hope mm. that through our podcast you can come to the knowledge of the truth because this is what the bible is this is what god is and this is what christ is and by finding this truth you can really be proud of being called children of god and becoming the children of god and be also bold in going outside and claiming that belonging to god mm. to other people mm-hmm. that still uh don't have that belonging and also helping them as well so yeah it was it was a real pleasure thank you and i will come back time to time who knows <laughs> what the future has well, we're glad to hear it I, I, I would love that actually yeah yeah you're always welcome cc okay and thank, thank you, you for those inspiring thank words you. encouraging thank words you. uh but as cc said we'll be inviting another mc to join us in our next episode but until then please stay tuned and uh We'll be back. We will be back. So, this is the end of our episode. Please subscribe, download, and share with your friends if you like what we talked about. Mm. Uh, but until the next episode, this has been TJ. And Ray. And CC. And you've been listening to Reconnect. 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 Bye-bye. Thank you, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye.